Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ah, introduction! I'm Robert Evans. This is Behind the Bastards, the podcast where we tell you everything you don't know about the very worst people in all of history. With me today is Brandy Posey. Hello. How are you doing, Brandy? I'm doing pretty great. I'm excited to get into this. Brandy, you are a stand-up comedian. Uh, mm-hmm. you get any pluggables to, to, to kick off at the start here? Uh, yeah, I tour around quite a bit. Uh, you can go to brandyposey.com, Brandy with an I-E, Posey with an E-Y for all of my tour dates. Uh, I also have a podcast called Lady to Lady. Um, that is very, very fun. We've had a lot of really awesome past guests like Margaret Cho and French Stewart. Um, so come check that out too. Normally we, we work all that out ahead of time and I introduce it, but <laughs> Sophie isn't here. And as you can tell, like yeah. everything, everything's a nightmare. It's okay. Uh, you, you have like a terror in your eyes. Oh, it's, it's horrifying. <laughs> the, the thought of, of not knowing what to do. I don't know how to do, I, I don't know when we're going to do ad breaks. This is, this is the end for all of us. Do you want me to count something down for you? No, no. I Should I, I put on a, a Sophie wig of some kind the, that, the, what, what will calm your nerves properly for this recording? The, the only possible thing to do in the face of chaos is yeah. to just completely yield to the chaos and give up even trying to structure the show perfect sounds yeah, great yeah i think that's uh i think that's the plan okay that explains why you're standing on the table great yeah perfect. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> now uh brandy yes today we have a subject that is uh near and dear to no one's hearts but great. more important than i think a lot of people give it credit to today we're talking about how hitler fucked so glad you called me for this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm flattered. Well, I mean, <laughs> we had you, you so on to talk about Stalin and his, uh-huh. his his love of pranks and absolutely uh, 
DJing and drinking yeah. more than anyone else. And now... And fucking Hitler feels like a prank. Yeah. Well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> or maybe not. I can't... My my predictions out of the gate... Can I give a prediction before oh, yeah, we well, get I, into I'm this? I'm very curious for that. Not a generous lover. Okay. And also, gonna say this... Um, not going to shame somebody for having a small penis, because that is outside of your control, but real angry guy. I now, have a feeling he probably has a little, little guy. The funny thing about Hitler, yes. because Hitler Hitler's like the one person people have talked about more than any other single person in yeah, history. More has been written about him and whatnot. Everything you just talked about, the possibility he had a micropenis, the yeah. possibility he was not a generous lover, mm-hmm. this has all been debated by like elderly uh, scholars from Stanford and Cambridge at length. Like, that's one of the fun things about Hitler studies is that, like, yeah. that question about whether or not he had a micropenis, like, the CIA's weighed in. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a thing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, like the, Imagine dedicating your career to that. Like, mom, dad, I'm majoring in Hitler dick. Well, that's... just Hitler studies in general. <laughs> yeah, and if yeah. you're going to be into Hitler studies, you're mm-hmm. going to have some questions about his dick. Yeah. PH dick. PH dick in Hitler's fucking. <laughs> This is not going to be the most adult episode in certain points, but... Uh, I'm think, good with that. I think you'll be surprised where it goes. Thank I everybody do, well. I do like that in front of me on the table while recording, we do have a product called a Purina Busy Bone, mm-hmm. which is just right on the table in front of me. Yep. Speaking yeah. of busy bones... Yes. <laughs> Hitler's... It's debatable. It's all very, very heavily Think his debated. bone didn't get very busy? Lazy bone? It's possible his bone got a lot busier than people give him credit for. Oh. There's a lot of uh, of debate around this topic. There's even a lot of debate about the nature of his genitals. In addition to the question that, like the the OSS, the precursor to the CIA, talked a lot about, like uh, whether or not he had a micro penis, based on yeah. some interviews with some people. There's a hypothesis that a goat bit off his dick when he was very young, uh, and that that was the secret of his madness that he a goat bit his dick. I uh, want that to be true. That a lot of people did. Like you oh, again. Man. Where's that elderly- goat statue? <laughs> I mean, we don't want to we don't want to celebrate that goat if it's the secret to Hitler's madness. Yeah, I mean that's true. That's true. Now, and we're not going to get into much of that. There's also a theory that he had one ball, and there was like a song during the war. Hitler has only got one ball. Goering has two, but very small. Na 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 na. That was like a, a British ditty, Wait, but there were real rumors about it. Is is that where that? that melody comes from no, no or is no, that no, a no, weird no. al parody it, about it, it was i mean weird al hadn't been conceived of yet yeah, but like yeah. it was a it was a parody of uh, of that like tune okay it was just gotcha. an easy tune to mix a song to about there's sure. testicles i just wanted to make sure that that wasn't like what that original song was because it was like how is that not a fact in my lexicon and, at this and point okay we have interviews with a couple of different doctors who you know, palpated Hitler's genitals because yeah, that's yeah. what doctors do. And they all say mm-hmm. it's perfectly normal. All right, um, all right. So there, there's no hard evidence of that, but it has been debated a lot. And I do mm-hmm. think it's important that people know for historical context that when bombs were raining down on London, yes. people were uh, comforting themselves with songs about Hitler and Goering's genitalia. Yeah, so that's, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty into that, for that's, sure. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Fun. Nothing cuts to the core quite like a parody song. No, it doesn't. Now, <laughs> let's... Uh, Let's dive deeper into this. Let's get in there. Let's just get on in there. So as you might guess by the fact that I wasn't even holding up my notes for that whole discussion about Hitler's genitalia and the rumors about it, I am what you might call a Hitler nerd. Yeah. Uh, I've read enough biographies of the man that I've started reading books about Hitler biographies that are essentially comparing all of the different biographies of Hitler and like like biographies about writing biographies about Hitler. It's a problem. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Do you have like a shelf? Is it like a shelf in your house or do you have like a, a cloth in front of it? <laughs> you know, I own a couple of physical copies, but I, I, I for the show, I get too many books. Like I, I, I just have everything on Kindle. Like okay. I'm, I it. usually cool. am buying sometimes two or three in a week. Like, okay. It just take too long. It's better to have that all digital. Yeah. Well, although I think if you were to actually see the titles laid out in front of you physically, you'd be like, oh. There's things that would be that would be nicer, but it would I think it would take a lot longer to put together episodes. Fair. Okay, but cool. But the point of this is that I, I tend to be on the um the cutting edge of new Hitler research in terms of like what I'm reading. I'm not doing new Hitler research, but I, I stay up Google to date alert. on it. I, 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 that's, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Speaking of that, a couple of days ago, I was actively looking for new Hitler facts to uh-huh. just see if any had come out in the last couple of months since I'd checked that. Yeah. And I came across an article in The Independent yes. called Hitler Was a Sexually Confused Serial Killer, Psychologist Claims in New Book. So that's that's quite a claim. So I think you can also probably just say serial killer because I think most serial killers have got, you know, their wires crossed. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting the term confused for a serial killer because i wonder if yeah. like a guy like ted bundy probably wouldn't be like no i wasn't confused i just this is no. what i wanted to do <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah the the confusion came from wherever the wiring crossed in the first place but yeah he's very matter of fact about yeah and the the book that apparently makes these claims is titled hitler one and hitler two the sexual no man's land it's by a best-selling german author and psychiatrist named volker ellis pilgrim uh and is that like a new, like, that's a very dark cat in the hat. Hitler 1 and Hitler 2. Yeah. And the cat in the hat go and they just. <laughs> Hitler 1 and Hitler 2. Yeah. <laughs> they can do anything, anything. anything. Oh, no. So... <laughs> Under the sun and red. <laughs> it's a white supremacist parody oh, right there. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Some some Nazi listening in is already hard at work on that. Yeah. Not the Dr. Seuss version. <laughs> 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 uh, I haven't gotten to read that book because it's only in German, and I do yeah. not uh, read German, which is almost the title of a great podcast. There's a podcast called, called I Don't Speak German about the alt-right mm-hmm. that people should listen to if they want. It's, it's kind of like my show, but way more focused on that one narrow group of people. Great podcast. I anyway. I the, don't read German. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't read German. Podcast is called I Don't Speak German. Cool. Anyway, the, I, I couldn't find the book, but I did find some claims that are in the book in this article. Uh, Hitler was a Adolf Hitler was a sexually confused serial killer whose violence was driven by lust. In his new book, uh, Mr. Volker claims the Nazi leader had an orgasm while watching a film in which Austrian soldiers massacre French troops. Now, this kind of story is a treat for me because I'd yeah. never heard of this particular Hitler story before. Yeah, yeah. I'm always I'm always looking out for some new uh, some new H facts. Mm-hmm. So. Quote, he quotes Marianne Hopp, uh, an actress who was an acquaintance of Hitler, describing a time that she went to the cinema in the dictator's Berlin palace to watch a film called The Rebel. It featured Austrian troops hurling boulders from a mountain onto the French below. Hitler got some kind of thrill and rubbed his knees at this event as the stones rolled down on the French and groaned. I don't know if he was crazy, but he got some kind of orgasm, she said. I wanted to leave during the show. The man was creepy. Yeah, that's, um, people gave Pee Wee Herman a hard time. People gave Pee Wee Herman a hard time. You know, Hitler in, 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 in perspective, <laughs> yeah, if you compare the two, Pee Wee should get the statue. I feel like Pee Wee should have just been left to masturbate in that theater, but. That's what that theater was for. It's what that theater was for. Yeah. It's not like he was showing up at the Cinemark to like, to yeah. a showing of, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I've been unable to, yeah, find an English translation, but in this article, Mr., which apparently talked to the author, Pilgrim talks about how he suspects there's a connection between sexuality and violence in Hitler and that his 
sexual excitement at the thought of violence gave him the desire to force men into killing. He says, however, since this lust for killing is the decisive feature of serial killers, the question inevitably arises, was Hitler a serial killer who murdered for the purpose of his gratification? Hitler's sexuality, I believe, drove the dictator into the most colossal annihilation that man has witnessed. Now, that's hmm. that's this guy's claims. And, uh, interesting premise. Okay. Interesting premise. I can see why a lot of people would want to believe that. Yeah. Um, Mr. Pilgrim also speculates about Hitler's sex life, claiming he abstained from sexual relations with his mistress and then wife, Eva Brown. Now, this all sounds, I think, to a lot of people, they might read this and be like, okay, well, this, this seems, you know, of course mm-hmm. he was crazy. Maybe that makes him, he was just a serial killer who wound up in charge of a country. Yeah. I get why people would want to believe that. Mm-hmm. I think what most people looking at that wouldn't, dig into is kind of where the guy is basing his claims on. And most of them come from a dude called Ernst Hanfstangel. Uh, other nickname was Pootsie. And Ernst was a... Classic Pootsie. Classic Pootsie. <laughs> Ernst was a friend of Hitler's back in the day who then started hating him. And I'm sure that happened with a lot of Hitler's friends. That happened. Hitler was not great at keeping friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure. Not super good at friends. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, God, just, do I have to answer? keep answering his call? I think that might surprise a lot of people. Not a good friend. Yeah. Not a, dictators in general, not great friends. <laughs> no, not so much. Not, not great friends. They just take friends. and they take and they take. They take and they take and they take. Some of them are fun to drink with. Yeah. Once yeah. or twice. Yeah. Like if I could go back in time. And just see Stalin and all of his buddies, how drunk they... <laughs> of course I would want to try. I wouldn't want to be drunk around Hitler. No. But Hitler didn't get drunk. He so. was a teetotaler, right? He was a teetotaler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was on meth a lot, but that was a doctor giving it to him. Yeah. Um, so he... It, yeah. He, so he thought that he was being medicated. He thought that... And that was... You know, the, when we talk about that, and there's a great book called Blitzed about that, and I'm sure we'll talk about it someday, but like that was mostly later in the war. Like I see. during his rise to power, he's sober. Like yeah, every yeah. now and then you'll hear a story of him drinking like part of a glass of champagne, but he was like... Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, control freaks and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, so I, I get the, the, the desire to, like, psychoanalyze Hitler, but going to Hompstangle for, like, advice. Because Hompstangle mm-hmm. has for a long time been claiming that Hitler was basically a neuter, was, like, couldn't get off. Couldn't, yeah, yeah. Had, had, like, no sexual life. Yeah. Um, well, And that is a thing with a lot of serial killers where, like, they just can't come until they find the thing that makes them. Right? Yeah. That, and, and if you think of Hitler as a serial killer, yeah, a yeah. lot of this stuff makes sense. But I think what most people don't realize when they hear stories like this, about every year or two, there will mm-hmm. be a new rash of Hitler's sex life stories that will yeah. hit like kind of shadier but not entirely bullshit outlets and stuff. And then every now and then someone like the New Yorker will give it a write-up or whatnot. Mm-hmm. None of this is new in the field of Hitlerology. And in fact, like all of these claims, any claim that you like read about in like a modern paper about like Hitler liking to poop on people or mm-hmm. the possibility that Hitler was, Hitler was gay, all that stuff was yeah, yeah. kicking around in the 1930s. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of myths around this guy. And so what I want to kind of do today is first give kind of an overview of the, the myths that people are still telling about Hitler on kind of the latest couple of waves of this. And mm-hmm. then we're going to do a really deep dive into his whole sexual history. Okay. Um, his relationships, everything Great. that there is about him in like reputable scholar, like scholarship. So. Jeez, so if you if uh, you and uh, Hitler matched on Tinder and you wanted to Google him to find yeah. out what was really going on, this it, would be the episode it, to listen to. This would be the episode to listen to. <laughs> uh, and you know, spoiler alert, don't date Hitler. No. Don't date Hitler. No, don't. Probably not going to go well. Yeah. So uh, back in like uh, March of 2016, I came across a, an article in the Daily Star with the title, Adolf Hitler was gay and loved teenage boys, CIA files claim. 
there was also a New York Post article around the same time with the title, Adolf Hitler had a truly disgusting sexual fetish. It's equally emblematic of like those types of articles. Yeah. Um, these were all like spring of 2016 wave articles, and they were all based on uh, a dossier, the OSS, which is like a precursor mm-hmm. to the CIA put together. Um, quote from... The New York Post, the Nazi leader's bedroom habits included a love of poo sex, claims a dossier from the office of, yeah, so. Which is with shit, not dressing up like Winnie the Pooh. Not dressing up like Winnie the Pooh. And looking for honey. Yeah, the intelligent document says that he liked women to stand over him and defecate because he was turned on by poo. This is the New York Post keeps using the word poo instead of feces, which just doesn't seem like great journalism. (laughs) It also revealed the Fuhrer had a micro penis, and as the famous song suggests, only one testicle. It also revealed he liked to be brutally kicked by women as part of his sex games Mm -hmm. so again this is always presented whenever it comes up in the media as new this is all older than your grandparents yeah this has been around forever (laughs) it's been around forever yeah for sure this was yeah yeah yeah. so uh the root of most of the salacious hitler fuck myths is that infamous oss report uh titled the mind of adolf hitler it was compiled by a doctor named langer uh and it was initially a secret thing that was like written up as a, a brief for fdr at the start of world war ii it's based on a lot of interviews and original documents and the source book behind the paper which is like all of the raw sources that they compiled to write this is a gold mine of info but we should be really critical about the dossier itself uh it has to be taken with as much salt as you'd prescribe something written by a psychologist in the 1940s because it's filled with really debatable conclusions based on bad psychoanalytic theory i'm going to read you one excerpt where dr langer tries to explain why hitler always carried around a whip as a young man Mm -hmm. quote Anyone who has ever seen Hitler talking in a bashful and puerile way to a woman would easily be led to believe that in marriage he would be the underdog. But that is manifestly wrong. It would seem that the whip plays some mysterious role in his relationship to women. In Dr. Sedgwick's opinion, during the almost 15 years of association with Hitler, the whip with which Hitler loves to gesticulate figures as a kind of substitute or auxiliary symbol for his missing sexual potency. All this wielding of the whip seems to be connected with a hidden desire on the part of Hitler for some state of erection which would overcome his fundamental sexual inferiority complex. The truth is that Hitler is in all probability still in the stage of puberty and still in the essential meaning of the word, a virgin. I want to take that guy to a Ren Fest. <laughs> yeah, this is just, <laughs> just, just take a look around. What and do you just, make of this? Yeah, what Doc. do you think is going on here? <laughs> and when he, he references Dr. Sedgwick, that's Hans Stengel. Yeah, uh, okay. So he's, this is, again, all based on that guy. A lot of this is based on that guy's stuff. But, like, Hitler, Hitler was definitely not a virgin in 1942. No, 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 no. For, for sure. <laughs> how, how old was he when he went into World War One? do you know? Because he, he was, was in his, like, trenches, mid-20s. Right? Yeah, okay. he was in the trenches the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I gotcha. So probably not even a virgin at that point. That's debatable. We'll get into okay. that a little bit. Okay. So uh, just as we kind of criticize that, mm-hmm. whips were really common among German fascists to be used as weapons in street fights at this time. And Hitler used his whip in street fights a lot. He also used it to flirt with girls a lot. So we'll talk about that some. I, that, that's pretty cool. It was pretty hardcore. Like, I just <laughs> love the idea of like a drive-by whipping back in the day. It was more like a bunch of guys that would give speeches in these like beer halls, because that's uh-huh. a big thing in German culture. And like a bunch of anti-fascists would crowd around them and like they would start throwing bottles and fighting and like fucking Hitler would pull out his whip and start like swinging Whoa. whips at people and stuff. And you can fuck a dude up with yeah, whip you can. you're decent with it. Right? Holy shit. It's a good weapon if you're going to like beat on somebody in a bar yeah yeah and it, it worked for that purpose man give antifa all the whips now <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they take a lot of training but well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i like indiana jones reclaiming the whip for the the, yeah. the not fascist side of things appreciate that i never heard the hitler whip thing before. he hitler loved, loved whips whip. you're gonna be hearing a lot about hitler's whip today okay gotcha uh, yeah 
So anyway, because of all of this misinformation, because of all of these like conclusions that people still trot out based on like fucking 1940s psychoanalytic theory, I have gone through two different Hitler biographies. Uh, The ones I consider probably the two best, uh, John Totlin's and uh, Ian Kershaw's, as well as a, a great book called Explaining Hitler that's like a synthesis of a bunch of different biographies. And I've tried to present what I think is the most complete picture of the verifiable facts of Hitler's sex life. So anyway, if we're going to understand how Hitler fucked and how people talk about how Hitler fucked, we have to start with Hitler's sexual prehistory. Okay. What we know about how his dad fucked. Oh, great. Or to be more precise, who his dad fucked. Ooh. So... Well, his mom, at least. Definitely his mom. Definitely that's, his that, mom. that's a given. At least tw- at least twice, right? Because <laughs> he had a sister, a younger sister or something, right? Yeah, I think she was a half-sister. You know, I'm, oh, I don't okay. remember that off the top of my okay, head. Gotcha, he, gotcha. His, his genealogy is, is very complicated. Yeah. Because um, I know there was a, a younger, there was a girl in a room in his house growing yeah, up. Yeah, Paula Hitler. He had, a, yes. he had a sister. And he actually, like, one of the nice things Hitler did in his life is that as a younger man, he gave her his, uh, his inheritance. Okay. And, like, wound up kind of on the street as a result of that because she had a kid and stuff. Got it. Okay. Um. So one thing we leave out a lot when we talk about Hitler's rise to power is the army of crusading journalists who fought a desperate battle to stop him from taking control. They yeah. failed, obviously, and a lot of them died. But for a while, their investigation scared Hitler. Mm-hmm. More than anything, he was frightened that his family history would be exposed. When he learned about one of the first of these investigations, he allegedly told a party member, people must not know who I am. They must not know where I come from. Whoa. Now, there are a lot of different rumors as to why. The most uh-huh. salacious rumor is that Hitler secretly had a Jewish background. Uh, yeah. We don't know for certain who his father's father was. Uh, his grandmother, Maria Schickelgruber, was a 42-year-old unmarried serving woman when she gave birth to his father, Alois, in 1836. Some legends say a wealthy Jewish man or a nobleman impregnated her. We don't know. Uh, the church she was baptized in and the entire town where she was born, Dollersheim, was obliterated by German artillery, probably on Hitler's orders in order to yeah. conceal his background yeah. which is serious warlord move right there yeah uh, i'll give it to you erase the shickle groupers yeah yeah get, get rid of that shit oh, <laughs> <laughs> grandma <laughs> one of those things one of those few places you'll catch like a lot of really serious historians speculating is like would it have even been possible for a guy with the last name shickle gruber to have done the things that hitler did because it was kind of like chance that he wound up with the last name hitler like yeah. his dad adopted it from another guy who probably wasn't his dad it's, it's a messy case heidler okay. was the original name and then they changed it to hitler i see okay and uh I have trouble imagining Heil Schickelgruber no, working no. out. Because people keep stumbling over it. Yeah. Sch- Schickel- Schickelgruber? It'd be like if Google had, had, if their name had been like question ask. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it just probably wouldn't have worked as well. No, no, no. It definitely would not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so historians debate over the exact nature of the genealogy further mm-hmm. back than Hitler's dad. Uh, okay. but, but Hitler's the, uh, dad was a bastard. We Hit, know that at least. Maybe. We, okay. don't, we don't even know that much. Oh, okay. All of this is still debated. Got it. The odds that Hitler was ashamed of a secret Jewish person in his past, though, are lower than the odds that he was just worried people would find out his dad was gross. Mm. Uh, Alois Hitler was a mid-level customs official in Braunau, Austria. Uh, he'd been respected in the local community, but his middle management image belied the reality of a man who repeatedly married children. Alois is... Cool. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. There it is. <laughs> I was wondering when pedophiles were going to be a part of this story. They will be a part of this story all the way through. Well, how am I not surprised by that? 
<laughs> Great. Nazis and gross sexual stuff. Wow. wow, yeah. Everybody focuses on the possibility that there was poo sex. The, the, the stuff that we know is so much grosser than pooping. Yeah. Like, that's whatever. Yeah. You, people who are perfectly fine can enjoy that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. What we're talking about with Hitler and his dad, both cases, Oof. fucked up objectively. Yeah, you can you can have consensual poo sex. There's whatever. nothing the matter with it's that. It's whatever. Just yeah. clean your own sheets. Just clean your own sheets. That's all uh, I care or, about. or pay your cleaning lady incredibly well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, you, th- th- I'm sure there's some people who take that job. So Eloise's uh, first wife was much, much older than him, and she died after a few years of marriage. Some of the rumors are that he married her for her money, which, whatever. Yeah. Uh, while Eloise was married, but while his first wife was sick, he moved a 16-year-old girl into their home to be his serving maid. This girl, Clara, was his niece. Now... Cool. <laughs> cool. God, what a loser. What a fucking loser. <laughs> now, John Toland, who's one of the preeminent Hitler biographers of all times, uh, says that Clara was hot, quote, with abundant dark hair. He claims that she was, quote, installed with the Hitlers at an end where Alois was already carrying on an affair with the kitchen maid, Francisca. So when Alois's first wife is alive, he's got this 16-year-old niece who he's hitting on and also this, like, 17-year-old kitchen maid named Francisca, both of whom he's, like, starting up a thing with while his first wife is alive and dying. So when his first wife died, Alois got her money and married Francisca. Uh, I'm going to quote now from the fantastic book Explaining Hitler. After his first wife died, developments in the Alois Hitler household began to take on the appearance of a maimed French farce. After a period of living conjugally but without the benefit of clergy and with the kitchen maid, while simultaneously enjoying the services of the even younger maid and niece Clara, he married the older one. Well, good for him. Good for him, picking that uh, 17-year-old, not the 16-year-old, I guess. How old is he at this point? He is in his 40s. Mm -hmm. Now, according to John Toland, Francisca was, quote, only too aware of how tempting a pretty maid could be to the the susceptible Alois. After the wedding, the first thing she did was get rid of Clara. Luckily for Alois, his second wife soon died, allowing him to finally realize his true dream of marrying his teenage niece. Wow. Do you know, how how did Francesca... Or... It was cancer. Oh, it was. A lot of cancer in the Hitler family tree. He was kind of scared about it Not his whole enough. life. Not enough. Not enough cancer. <laughs> Not enough cancer among the Hitlers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> some juvenile leukemia would have really dealt with some problems Seriously. for the world. <laughs> would have been pretty great. Not often I stand for juvenile leukemia, but yeah. it, for Hitler? <laughs> get up in them bones. Let's get up, do it. Get up in them bones. <laughs> Take him <them> out. <laughs> oh, So uh, the only thing getting in the way of Alois Hitler and his true love with his teenage niece uh, was the fact that they were very close relatives. They officially share the same grand uncle, uh, Johann Georg Heidler. Now, even in the late 1800s, marrying your teenage niece was sort of frowned upon. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. This is not one of those things where, no, it was normal at the time. Everybody's marrying their 16-year-old serving girl niece. No. Alois had to get special dispensation from the Pope to marry and continue fucking his niece. He wanted to fuck his niece so bad, he got papal approval. Oh, my God. That's that's Hitler's dad. (laughs) Just, dear Pope. Dear Pope. (laughs) I got my my niece. You yeah. got to see this girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me send you a couple of pictures. <laughs> I, I, mean, I drew I some creature stickers. Yeah. Just because you chose to be celibate doesn't mean I need mm-hmm. to be a celibate. And I'd like to break that with a child. <laughs> with a that child I'm related to. <laughs> related to and kind of morally responsible to. Can I give a thumb? Can I get a thumbs up? <laughs> yeah, thumbs up, thumbs from... down. What's Catholicism say? 
And the Pope just said, go for it? Go for it. God. Yeah, Hitler's dad had Every uh, official papal permission to fuck his niece. All Popes are great. Popes All have popes never are done great. anything wrong. Yeah. What a great thing to exist, a Pope. Cool. <laughs> so Hitler's Catholic? Or Hitler's oh, yeah. I mean, his, okay. Hitler didn't really give a shit. Well, I mean, he, he yeah, was yeah. a Hitlerist. Tec- yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like, say. technically, I guess on, on, the, on paper. Yeah, and at that point okay. in Austria, you're not going to not. You you got to be straight with the Catholic Church. It was just, yeah, yeah. You know, it's Austria. It's Austria in the late 1800s. How did this guy not get like the sin guilt shit worked into him? <laughs> I mean, he might have. I assume Maybe. there were a lot. I, I assume there was talk. I assume people yeah. were like, "That's kind of fucked up, right?" Yeah. But well, I feel so bad about fucking my niece child. Well, I don't wife. know if he did, but I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna guess people in town. Yeah. There were some like, but you know, those people all died of typhus. You know, yeah. so we don't know what they were talking about. Not enough typhus. Not enough. <laughs> Just get rid of all them Austrians. <laughs> okay. So to make things even creepier, according yeah. to Ron Rosenbaum's Explaining Hitler, quote, even after the Vatican granted the dispensation, Clara continued to call her new husband what she called him when she was still his maid mistress, uncle. So Hitler's mom called his dad uncle the whole time Hitler was a kid. That's worse than when parents call each other mother and father. Yeah, that's grosser than... It's, that's like Mike is, Pence shit on another yeah. level. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. my uncle. Yeah, it's gross. It's really gross. It's really fucking nasty. <laughs> yeah. This cool. is the relationship Adolf Hitler was born into. So I'm not going to say in fairness to Hitler, because you don't give Hitler credit for anything, because no, 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 no. he's Hitler. Yeah. But, but as a baby, that's yes. a rough situation to land in. Yeah. Man, yeah. Also, this is some classic uncle bullshit. Yeah? You always got a good uncle and a bad uncle. There's <laughs> always Hitler's like a dad. bad uncle. When you got a bad uncle, it's nothing worse than a bad uncle. Hitler's dad was like the platonic ideal of a bad uncle. Ugh, like the, the uncle that everyone's like, can he not come to can Thanksgiving? He, can we not have him around? Please, just <laughs> cut, cut that uncle out of everything. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Hitler's dad marries two women that uh, Hitler biographer Ian Kershaw describes as young enough to be his children. As a dad, he's remembered generally as a strict authoritarian figure, but most people who knew the family when his dad was alive say that Alois wasn't, you know, particularly violent or bad by the standards of the time towards his kid or his wife. Yeah. We would probably almost certainly call the discipline that Hitler endured child abuse today, but mm-hmm. it was not out of the norm for the area. And most of the boys in Austria who grew up around Hitler didn't grow up to be Hitler. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to put too much influence yeah. on the fact that his dad was an authoritarian, but... A lot yep. of the boys around Hitler did grow up to be Nazis, so let's mm-hmm. not discount the impact of authoritarian parenting either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably not what we're looking for if we're looking for the whole reason Hitler went all crazy. The yeah. fact that his dad hit him sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's like that's not going to be – that doesn't <laughs> – that's a real A to Z yeah, connection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're leaving out some stuff if, yeah, you, yeah. if you drop it down to that. Yeah. Um, my uncle father. My uncle father. Hit me. <laughs> uncle dad hit yeah. me. <laughs> my uncle daddy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. Um, Oh, Hitler. Uh, so we're going to dig into Hitler as a young man in his early love affairs. Great. Uh, and spoilers, they're as creepy as everything else in this podcast is going to be. I'm not surprised If by you that. thought Hitler the dad was bad. No. It, yeah, there's no way like Hitler... Adolf is like a Lothario at coming from this place at all. No. What's surprising is how much like Elliot Roger he is. Oh, I'm oh. not surprised by that. Oh, fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. course he is. It's oh, these fucking losers. <laughs> these oh. fucking losers. Oh, God. Of course. That is the overwhelming thing that you say to yourself when you get into some real deep study of the Nazis. Is yeah. These fucking losers. It's all you can say. Yeah. 
fucking losers. Uh, you know who's not losers, though, Brandy? Who? The wonderful sponsors who uh, support this show and or program with their products and or services and or ad petrodollar ad money. Mm. I, I'm spinning out of control here. Uh, <laughs> products! The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com behind. That's mintmobile.com behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back. Whew, boy. Love those products. Hate Hitler. Hate, Love those hate products Hitler. as much as I hate Hitler. Exactly. Yeah. And there's nothing that's a squeegee for your brain as well as a, a solid product or a, a just a nice service, especially on like a hot Hitlerful day. I just like being told the possibilities. <laughs> the possibilities. Yeah. You know what Nazis didn't like? Possibilities. Of course not. But that's what you get with products and services yeah. is possibilities. Yes. Mm. <laughs> a lot of good economic discourse coming out of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We should write a book. 
Let's write another Hitler book. There aren't enough of them. There should be a couple more Hitler books. Okay. So most of our- What would Hitler think about Squarespace? Yeah. What would would Hitler think about Squarespace? I don't like the free speech of the internet. You know, I hate to say this because it's what I do to make my living, but Hitler would a thousand percent be a podcaster if he were around today. Absolutely. I mean, he like wrote at length about how the best way, the only real way to convince anyone of anything was with the human voice. Yeah. And like the power of like radio to isolate someone with a voice Mm -hmm. and to really influence their thought, which is one of the things that scares me about the podcast era, but we're getting- yeah, that's a whole, weeds. <laughs> it's a whole separate conversation. Yeah, he would be like an Alex Jones type, but like with his own show. Yeah, but like, yeah. I, yeah well, he has he would, his own show too. But he would yeah. be a lot more popular than Alex Jones. Yeah, he would. Because I don't think, Alex has a problem saying the quiet parts loud. Mm-hmm. And Hitler was up until the point where he took power, usually pretty good about quietly saying the loud parts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I mean, that's why he won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So most of our evidence for young Hitler's early love affairs comes from a dude named August Kubizek. Now, Kubizek is a heavily debated figure amongst Hitler scholars. He wrote a book about his childhood with Hitler after the war. Uh, It apparently started during the Third Reich as a uh, pro-Hitler, like, Nazi biography. And then after the war, he was like, well, I mean, I've already got this stuff down. People are going to want to know what Hitler was like as a kid, so I'm going to write this book. Um, some of what he says is definitely either a lie or stretching the truth. There's a lot of debate over how much to trust him. But it's also incontrovertible that he grew up with Hitler, that yeah. he was Hitler's really only friend as a kid, and that they lived together. They were essentially like freshman college roommates in the big oh, city. Like, So he, no one else has this perspective. Um, yeah, yeah. So Kubizek's book is an irreplaceable source for the early years of Hitler's life. You can't under, like, you have to, you have to be critically read him, yeah, but yeah. you have to read him. Yeah. Um, I've read Kubizek's book, of course, and it's really interesting if you do take it. I would recommend reading like a John Toland or an Ian Kershaw biography first and then go into Kubizek so you've got some sort of context for it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be quoting from all three of these sources in the next little bit here because it provides, I think, a good synthesis. And I trust those guys to separate probable truth from probable lie better than I trust myself. Yeah. Because they're elderly Hitler scholars and I'm just a Hitler nerd. (laughs) Anyway. Perfect. Kubizek recalls uh, exactly one romantic focus for Hitler in his young years, a girl named Stephanie who lived in Linz. Uh, That was the small town that he grew up in. Now, Hitler was madly in love with Stephanie, and we have no evidence that she ever knew anything about him. In fact, later in life, after the war, when she was told that Adolf Hitler had been in love with her, she was shocked and horrified, which is, it's a dick move to tell anyone that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, what a bummer. Because you're just like, am I responsible for it. Like, you get through this horrible war. She was in Austria. She, she, yeah. she saw some shit. It would have been a nightmare for anyone for sure. living in that region. You get through this horrible war and then, like, years later, someone's like, by the way, Hitler wanted to fuck you. Like, what? Oh, why would you ever tell anybody that? <laughs> How do you process Fucking that? baby Hitler popping boners to you? Like, <laughs> don't, okay. don't tell her that. Yeah, because then that just makes you just rethink everything about yeah. your Is time Is this my him. fault? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. No, Stephanie, you it's didn't... It's definitely not. You didn't do anything wrong. Stephanie, I mean, you've been great. dead for decades, but... Yes. You Stephanie, seem fine. You're listening somewhere. <laughs> yeah. We get a medium. You should be doing this podcast with a medium to contact some of these people and be like, hey, um, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be fine. Yeah, that's actually similar to another podcast idea I have, which oh, yeah. is using a medium to sexually harass dead bastards. <laughs> I really just want to like see how uncomfortable I can make Chairman Mao. Oh yeah. Yeah, like really, really get in there and like lock his ghost in a room. And yeah. Just, yeah. Let's see where it goes. I I am a hundred percent on board for I, that. I think we all are. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. So if you want to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
So uh, Hitler was in love with this girl who uh, knew nothing about him. He became convinced, and these, this is while they're in like elementary school, essentially, like <sighs> early high school era, that kind of thing. Like Ugh. he's a teenager, young teenager. So during I know this, these kids, I know that. Oh yeah, I was in marching band. I had one of these kids. <laughs> I know exactly who this is. I don't know if there's a woman I've met who didn't have one of these kids in their life. <laughs> yeah, That's I one know. of the. Yeah. Anyway, oh, Stephanie, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hitler became convinced that Stephanie was sending him secret signals and uh, th- messages only he could see. And he would, course. yeah, yeah. They were destined to be together. He would rant about all this to Kubizek, and Kubizek claims he was pretty like uh, questioning of all this stuff to Hitler, yeah. but like only to an extent. Um, Kubizek did try to convince Hitler that if he he needed to at least talk to this girl, if there was going to be any hope of her liking him, at uh, the very least. At the very least, he suggested that Hitler should learn to dance because he knew that Stephanie liked dancing, which is like solid advice. Yeah. Like, okay, get get interested in something this girl's interested in. Have a similar in, interest. Have a similar see. interest. Yeah. Pretty solid advice to today. Okay. So here's Kubizek, quote, all this is no good, Adolf, I replied. Stephanie is fond of dancing. If you want to conquer her, you will have to dance around just as aimlessly and idiotically as the others. That was all that was needed to set him off raving. No, no, never, he screamed at me. I shall never dance. Do you understand? Stephanie only dances because she is forced to by society on which she unfortunately depends. Once she is my wife, she won't have the slightest desire to dance. (sighs) That is... And Kuba's ex-book's a generally pretty pro-Hitler book. Like, yeah. not pro the stuff Hitler did is, like, he's obviously against the Third Reich, but, like, he presents a sympathetic view of Hitler, and this is how he describes it. Wow. Yeah. What a... I mean... What a little I, maniac. I just need a thesaurus for the word loser. It's truly insane. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'll never dance. Yeah. And she'll stop dancing. <laughs> she'll when stop we dancing, too. Oh, she's not even dancing because she wants to. It's just society. making her... Do it. It sounds oh, like a Reddit God. post. No, it totally. <laughs> it suddenly I mean, sounds like a Reddit post. He'd be top dog Reddit. He would be. He'd love Reddit. He so would much. be so addicted to slash pole. Like yeah, he, he would. He would, would. He would never get off of that fucking shit. He'd be an eight chan. Like he'd be deep into this shit. <laughs> he really would be. Yeah. I'm not gonna learn to dance. Never. I shall never dance. Shall Adolf never. Hitler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's your fucking T-shirt. Guilty feet ain't got no rhythm. <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, what are the good songs? They, they, they always they always get it right. So Exactly. That song's actually about Hitler. It is about. All music is about Hitler one way or the other. Yep. That's my theory. <laughs> we'll talk about Toto's Africa. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a stretch, but I, I'll get you there. Now. I guess it. <laughs> I got a diagram. <laughs> I got a diagram. It's, it's about the desert fox. And yeah. <laughs> Now, obviously, waiting around and being an insane person did not woo Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Uh, gradually, Hitler started to realize that she wasn't going to fall to him. According to Kubizek, Hitler reacted like you'd expect a modern-day incel to react, with threats of violence. Of course. Quote, Stephanie was, at that time, in an unfriendly mood. She would pass the basically nearby road with her face averted as though Hitler did not exist at all. This brought him to the verge of despair. I can't stand it any longer, he exclaimed. I will make an end of it. It was the first, and as far as I know, the last time that Adolf contemplated suicide seriously. It was not. Uh, He would jump into the river from the Danube Bridge, he told me, and then it would be over and done with. But Stephanie would have to die with him. He insisted on that. Once more, a plan was thought up. In all its details, every single phase of the horrifying tragedy was my new described, including the part I would have to play. Even my conduct of this, as the sole survivor was ordained. The somber scene was with me, even in my dreams. Young Hitler! Oh, God. Just the most emo little shit. He wants to oh, kill God. himself and a girl who doesn't know him. Oh, God. Like, had he even talked to her at this point? No. 
As far as we know, they, he never said a word to her. Oh, my God. I I just... You can't <laughs> hate him more, but you you, you find new depths of you hate. You find new depths of, yeah, like... Yeah. Uh, Hitler. It's like, oh, here's a new cavity of hate I haven't filled for you. <laughs> I didn't expect this. God, you fucking loser. <laughs> you fucking loser. So it's just out- like, you know that he's a loser, and then it's just like, from this age, too, you're like, oh, God, just go to a Toastmasters class or something, you piece of shit. This is part of why I get all frustrated when people are like, he was a sexual serial killer, and that's why, no, dude, he was just a lame-ass dude. He's for sure like an incel MRA yeah, yeah, douchebag. Yeah, yeah. I am owed. I am owed this woman, and yes. she doesn't deserve to live if she doesn't like me, even though I've never even talked to her. Like... Did his, were his parents together his entire his life? His dad died when he was, you know, in his teens, and his mom died not all that. I mean, his dad died when he was pretty young, and his mom died also when he was pretty young, like okay. a young adult. So he, his, I don't think he had, his dad was pretty author, authoritarian, yeah, but yeah. once his dad kicked off, uh, it was kind of just his mom, and yeah. she was sort of, he was a mama's boy. She was sort of a doting mom. Was so, that Clara? Yeah, Clara Clara's, Hitler. Clara, Clara Hitler, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Hitler, Adolf Hitler's mom was Clara. Okay, yeah. okay, I see, gotcha. Yeah. So it's he's born in incest, and then yeah. his dad dies, and then he's raised away. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So um, outside of his obsession with Stephanie, Kubizek says he doesn't know of any individual women in Hitler's life in this period, certainly no one he might have fucked. Uh, when they became young adults and moved to Vienna together, Hitler remained unlaid. Here's John Tolan's coverage of Kubizek's recollection. Quote, on promenades, girls and women would often slyly glance at them. At first, Kubizek thought their interest was directed to him, but it soon became apparent that the reserved Adolf was the object. He coldly ignored their silent invitations. If the two did nothing about sex, they spent hours at night discussing women, love, and marriage, with Adolf, as usual, dominating the conversation. Over and over, he insisted that he must keep the flame of life pure. That is, he believed, in accordance with his Catholic upbringing, a man and a woman should keep themselves chaste in body and soul until marriage, and just thus be worthy of producing healthy children for the nation. But the dark side of sex also haunted him, and he talked by the hour about depraved sexual customs. He railed against prostitution, condemning not only the whores and their customers, but society. His condemnation approached obsession, and one night after attending a performance of Wedekind's Spring Awakening, he took Gustl's arm and said, we must see the sink of iniquity once. They turned down a small dark alley. It was the Spittelberg Gasse, and walked past a row of small hostels, so brightly lit that they could see the girls inside. In their scanty and slovenly attire, they sat there, recalled Kubizek, making up their faces and combing their hair and looking at themselves in the mirror, without, however, for one moment losing sight of the men strolling by. Occasionally, a man would stop in front of a house, converse with a girl, and the light would go out. When the two youths reached the end of the alley, Adolf maneuvered them in an about face, and they took another long look at the appalling sight. Back in their room, Adolf went into a lengthy tirade on the evils of prostitution, with, quote, a cold objectivity as though it were a question of his attitude towards the fight against tuberculosis, or towards cremation. Wow. So, this is young Hitler, uh, celibate, Wow. angry about other people not being celibate, and uh, a real thought audit level hatred of sex workers. He is... Gallons of cum in his sleep mm-hmm. at this point in his life. Yeah. I mean, every fucking night. What a yeah. what a shitty little his 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 socks Ugh. shatter when they're dropped. <laughs> yeah, like... No, seriously, <laughs> I cannot imagine like how many fucking wet dreams this dude is having oh, constantly. It's, and they're all about the stuff that he says is terrible. Yeah, because that's why you rant about this of for course. hours to your best friend. Yeah, right? you're He's like concealing with it. an erection as he yells about prostitution. I, I can't believe this prostitute just yeah. out there trying to make a living of any kind in this world. Again, we all knew a Hitler. 
Oh, like, yeah. We, we've all known this kid. Oh, God. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. He's yeah. like the one that – he's like the – that's like one of the names that you text the other people you went to high school with that you just laugh about when you hear their name. Yeah. You're like, remember that guy? Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, crazy. that guy. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So uh, Hitler's mom died like right before this point of like a really really horrifying cancer, okay. uh, and then you know he w- he wound up in v- Vienna with, Ku- with Kubizek, which is where that happened. They lived together for a while, but Kubizek was successful; like mm-hmm. he was a really good musician. And Hitler, you know, didn't get into art school. That's a pretty yeah. famous story. He eventually that. ran out of money and wound up living in a men's home, which was essentially like a homeless shelter for vagrants. Okay. Um, according to Ian Kershaw, being homeless did not improve Hitler's game. Yeah, I can't imagine. That it would. No. Quote. To when, be fair, a, a home wouldn't have, impro- have improved his game either. <laughs> it seems like he was kind of hopeless either way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if either way would have helped him yeah. so much. <laughs> Quote. When his circle of acquaintances got around to discussing women and doubtless their own former girlfriends and sexual experiences, the best Hitler could come up with was a veiled reference to Stephanie, who had been his first love, though she never knew it because he never told her. The impression left with Reinhold Hanisch was that Hitler had very little respect for the female sex, but very austere ideas about relations between men and women. Hanisch recalled Hitler telling him of a brief encounter with a milkmaid while he was still at school, ending abruptly when she made advances and he ran away, knocking over a churn of milk in his haste. This was probably a lie by Hitler. Hitler yeah. described his own ideal woman as, cuddle is a cute, cuddly, naive little thing, tender, sweet, and stupid. Cool. Cool. That's great. You want to fuck a baby. Well, I mean, yes, it, it runs in his blood. It does run in his blood. Yeah. Oh, God. It's going to be weird how much it runs in his blood. Yeah. <laughs> but first, <laughs> the evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We're back. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Hitler also claimed during this period that women would inherently, quote, rather bow to a strong man than dominate a weakling. Even for the time, young Hitler was seen as a bit of a prude. This meant he didn't fit in super well in turn-of-the-century Vienna, where erotic art was in vogue and people were starting to do the 1909 version of opening up a little bit. Well, it's because he's just, like, popping boners all over the place. He's just popping. Everyone could see him. His lederhosen's just like like a fucking arrow. Yeah, no. He's just, like, constantly just, like, very sweaty and pink with, like, a giant boner. He's just an angry, erect, terrible artist screaming at everybody. (laughs) And talking about how it's bad to come. (laughs) Constantly. Fucking Hitler. Like, oh, God. (laughs) You nerd. (laughs) Um, So one of the things that was happening in Vienna at this time, the turn of the century, is that rules about women's modesty had started to change. uh, And women were allowed to. I mean, we're not talking like woke by our standards, but things are improving. Yeah, yeah. You know, things are improving, and some women are pushing the envelope, both professionally and in Mm -hmm. just how they present themselves to the world. Young Hitler did not like that. Of course. Uh, here's an excerpt from Kershaw's book again. Quote, where decency demanded that women were scarcely allowed to even show an ankle, Hitler's embarrassment and the rapidity with which he f- fled with his friend when a prospective landlady during a search for a room for Kubizek let her silk dressing gown fall open to reveal that she was wearing nothing but a pair of knickers. Uh, but his prudishness went far beyond this. It amounted, according to Kubizek's account, to a deep disgust and repugnance at sexual activity. Hitler avoided contact with women, meeting with cold indifference during visits to the opera alleged attempts by young women, probably seeing him as something of an oddity, to flirt with or tease him. He was repelled by homosexuality. He refrained from masturbation. Prostitution horrified but fascinated him. He associated it with venereal disease, which petrified him. So... It is, again, hard to say how much of Kubizek's account is true. If Hitler was originally super anti-gay, for example, he definitely got over that shit by the time he was out of the army. Ernst Röhm, the head of the brown shirts, was a flamboyantly gay man who was flagrant about his love life. Mm -hmm. Hitler did eventually kill Röhm, but only after he was in power. And some accounts say he resisted doing so for a very long time and expressed angst over the decision. Mm -hmm. Basically, Röhm wanted to replace the German army with the brown shirts, and that's why Hitler had to get rid of him. And there was definitely, like, he was willing to kill him because he was gay and he was seen as like a liability but Hitler yeah. wasn't inherently against the idea of working with like he see, it yeah, seems yeah. like he moderated on that as a, during his time in the army at mm-hmm. least yeah. from like a from one point of view or another there's debate about how much but uh, one thing that didn't change from Kubizek's memory of him was Hitler's obsession with venereal disease the yeah. subject came up frequently in Mein Kampf and in Hitler's early speeches he generally like would compare uh, the Jewish refugees immigrating to the country as like a form of venereal disease I see and uh, the there was a lot of anti-Semitic claims that Jewish prostitutes were spreading typhus. And there's actually a rumor that Hitler himself got syphilis from a prostitute sometime in like when he was a young adult. Simon Wiesenthal, the famed Nazi hunter, went to his grave believing this, even though there's no good evidence about it. There's a lot of 
weird questions as to why people is someone like Wiesenthal, who's a Holocaust survivor himself, would be so much like into wanting to believe this. I mean, I um, get that though. Yeah, you yeah. You kind of want to like a well, reason. Yeah. And he had syphilis. <laughs> like, I, it, yeah. it's also there's like some weird. A lot of the th- attempts to explain Hitler kind of come across as blaming a single Jewish person for his hatred of Jewish people, yeah. which is really problematic. Yeah, that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kubizek, for his part, always claimed that Hitler was, to the best of his knowledge, a normal dude sexually, mm-hmm. uh, not homosexual, not into anything weird, just like kind of a, a sexually frustrated young man. Um, Kubizek was so emphatic about that because by the 1950s when he was working on his book, there were numerous rumors that Hitler had been gay. This conspiracy theory is best embodied by the book The Pink Swastika from 1995. That book was a major source for a recent Danish de Souza documentary where Danish claims that Democrats are the modern Nazis and that gay people are Nazis and Hitler was gay as a regular headline in far-right publications. I found one on Breitbart from 2016 that just said, new evidence from his doctor shows Hitler was gay. Obviously, it's not new evidence. It's just, it's it's yeah. the old OSS reports that yeah, suggested yeah. Hitler was homosexual. Of course, yeah. uh, In the OSS document, Dr. Langer wrote, quote, his sex life is as dual as his political outlook. He is both a homosexual and heterosexual, both socialist and fervent nationalist, both man and woman. Mm-hmm. Again, that's just like psychoanalytic bullshit. There's there's, there's no yeah. evidence that he was homosexual. He was okay with working with gay men. Yeah. But like there was no evidence beyond that. And yeah. it's like, yeah. One of the things that's interesting to me is when you read a lot of like the old 1930s and late 20s news articles criticizing Hitler, a lot of these like 1920s German journalists, some of whom are conservative, mm-hmm. when they're talking about like homosexuality within the Nazi party go out of their way to not condemn homosexuality to just be like that we're condemning the Nazis because their attitudes on homosexuality are so negative but they have all these gay members which is more nuanced than I expected out of like 1920s journalists in Germany that's very interesting well it it does make a lot of sense though because it's like I mean coming after World War One, mm-hmm. you're in the trenches with men, and you need some kind of comfort to. It's probably get over a lot there. of dudes fucking in World War One. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, just to to feel like you're a person and not just part of a meat grinder. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like I'm sure that definitely. <laughs> You know, it was part of why attitudes started to open up right until the Nazis clammed them shut again. Yeah, exactly. Now, just so we cover the basics of Hitler's life here, Hitler served in World War One. Obviously, he was at the front basically the entire war. There are rumors, as we covered in our Children of Dictators episode, that he fathered a son with a French woman during this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very much doubted by historians. Uh, the kind of thing you can't 100% debunk. Um, yeah, yeah. But for what it's worth, the son of the guy who thought he was Hitler's son mm-hmm. says that Hitler was a gentle lover to his grandma. I don't know what that's based on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> seems like a reach. <laughs> seems like a weird flex, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A gentle love. I, here's the thing. I don't even know... I feel like he would be just like a petrified guy that would like come really quickly. I, I'm going to guess that is like, more accurate. Yeah, that feels way... like. Yeah, yeah, he's probably all fucking talk, and then he's just like, oh, okay, I'm so sorry. Yeah. He's, oh, no. He says, I'm sorry when he comes. <laughs> yeah. And that's... That's the Hitler. Yep. <laughs> now, when Hitler got back from World War I, uh, he w- was sent by his military superiors to infiltrate a meeting of the National Socialist Political Party. And yeah, you know the the rest, more or less. Uh, he started giving speeches there, yeah. became a figure in the National Socialist Party, consolidated power, and plotted his, you know, not quite meteoric, but eventually total rise to power. Now, we don't have a whole lot on Hitler's sexuality during the early 1920s or his relationships. Hanfstangl is one of the main sources for the claims that Hitler might have been gay. uh, And he said stuff like this, quote, 
Uh, obvious prostitutes barely admitted to the Kaiserhof Hotel were fervently admired by him, provided that they appeared in couples or with a man. A solitary woman is usually ignored by him unless he is in a large crowd and can send in someone to find out her identity. He always wishes to be a spectator. Do you know, he once said to Dr. Sedgwick in 1923, the audience at the circus is just like a woman, someone who does not understand that intrinsically feminine character of the mass will never be an effective speaker. Ask yourself, what does a woman expect from a man? Clearness, decision, power, action. Like a woman, the masses fluctuate between extremes. What we want is to get the masses to act. This can obviously not be done with an appeal to their selfishness nor to their cowardice, but by an appeal to their idealism, their courage, and their spirit of sacrifice. Who has more the spirit of sacrifice than a woman? If she is talked to properly, she will be proud to sacrifice, because no woman will ever feel that her lives' sacrifices have received their dual fulfillment. That's Hitler analyzing the German people. And, uh, interesting. Yeah. You know... What a first date. What a first date. Uh, Hans Stengel claims to have asked him once, why don't you marry? And he says Hitler answered, quote, marriage is not for me and never will be. My only bride is my motherland. Then seemingly with no sequence of ideas, he added, there are two ways in which a man's character may be judged, by the woman he marries and by the way he dies. In 1923, when Hans Stengel once playfully said, if not a bride, you ought to have a mistress, Hitler replied, politics is a woman. He who loves her unhappily bites off his head. So... Wow. This is one of the versions of Hitler you get that he's just too busy yeah. being the embodiment of Germany to to flirt with ladies. God. What a what a piece of shit. I think in this stage <laughs> he continues that line the rest of his life. I think in this stage it's not true, but he's not actually dating around that much. I think in this yeah. stage he's still too awkward. He starts to have success with women when he gets popular. Yeah, when he starts getting some power. Yeah. Because then it's not about him, it's about the the mythic thing yeah. that he's created. And in that case, yeah. he keeps saying that out loud and hiding his relationships with women, mm-hmm. but he's also fucking some people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, that's the... That's the way this goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's hard, basically impossible to say when Hitler lost his virginity. We do have one spectacular example of Hitler striking out with a lady. Uh, it happened in 1923, right before Hitler's famous beer hall Putsch, uh, when they were at Berchtesgaden. Now, the story is related by Hanstangel, who had come to visit Hitler in Berchtesgaden on invitation, but like Hitler didn't like own a house there or anything at that point. They were all staying in a hotel. Okay. Uh, the manager of the hotel was a guy named Herr Buchner, who was a, a German flying ace in World War One, and who had, according to Hanfstangel, a, quote, strikingly buxom six-foot-tall blonde wife, which made her taller than Hitler. This rather vulgar, sensuous, blue-eyed woman had manifestly succeeded in completely inflaming Hitler to a degree that made him seem entirely beyond himself. <laughs> his breath was short, his cheeks feverish, his eyes filled with exaltation. In a swashbuckling manner, Hitler was, strutting up and down the large veranda and garden, swinging his whip. He would stop now and again to talk to Frau Buckner, whip in hand, f- punctuating his sentences with the whip in a schoolboy fashion. He was obviously showing off, talking at Frau Buckner in the numerous gallery of admiring females, all party adherents. He made, however, no impression on Frau Buckner. On and on he went through the whole afternoon, acting the desperado, the wild man, the man of destiny. The whole performance seemed hopefully pubescent and empty. Oh, God. Hitler <laughs> just... So- just whacking a whip around. Just swinging like, oh. a whip, trying to flirt with a girl. Check out my whip. Check this shit out. Look at how good I am with this whip. Oh, Are you impressed? No. You think I look good? Oh, that's like the 1920s version of just like yeah. watching somebody play video games. Mm-hmm. Check it out. No, check out how good I am. Look at my, my, I have so Let me many, get this headshot. I have so many potions. Oh, think of Hitler. how many potions I have. 
It's not real. No. <laughs> now, Hitler also had a gigantic crush on his friend Putzi's wife, Helena Hofstangel. Uh, Ian Kershaw writes, quote, On one occasion, he took advantage of Putzi Hofstangel's brief absence from the room to fall on his knees in front of Helena Hofstangel, describing himself as her slave and bemoaning the fate that had led him to her too late. When Helena told him of the incident, Putzi put it down to Hitler's need to play the role of the languishing troubadour from time to time. This guy just, like needed to be like he's a cuck is what he actually is like that i think is what he would have preferred he needed a good sex therapist who could say no dude just do this yeah 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 yeah. exactly just like ask like watch some of your friends bone that's Mm -hmm. what i think you'd you'd probably that's where i think you'd be happiest with (laughs) hitler maybe give up politics and just watch your friends bone yeah be that guy be that guy that's a, that's a yeah. Compared well, to Hitler, that's a great guy to be. Yeah, well, and especially like that is the child of a dad uncle. You yeah, know what I mean, like that's what your kid becomes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <sense>. child <laughs> of a dad. <laughs> so when Putzi later expressed the worry that Hitler was essentially trying to steal his wife's affections, uh, Helena told Putzi not to worry. Hitler was quote an absolute neuter. Yeah. So that was Helena's attitude towards him. Yeah, yeah. Now, Hitler would later prove them and the OSS wrong. Uh, actually, in the early autumn of 1926, when the rising fascist political star met a girl named Mimi Reiter. We will talk about her, Hitler's courtship process, and his preferences in fucking in part two of this podcast. Ooh. But right now, it's the end of the episode oh. until Thursday when we talk about the rest of this stuff. I see. Yeah, that was just... It, that's just getting us to this to Mimi. That's just getting us to Mimi. Getting us to Mimi. <sighs> Maybe the first girl he fucked... It's really... Well, no, not yeah, the first yeah. girl he fucks, but like the first girl, we have a lot of detail on how he courted her. I see. So we're going to be talking a lot about how Hitler right. flirted with girls. Cool. Is finally moving on from his fucking hand. Great. From his fucking hand. <laughs> <laughs> his leader hosen. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. He's such a... <sighs> He's such a loser. He's such a loser. I just wish Ich bin ein loser. There needs yeah. to be like, what is the... <laughs> People need it's to know word. how lame. We we, uh, we always do like, it's either like Hitler at the end of the war where he's like a sick old man or like yeah. Hitler is this terrifying warlord. Yeah. And we miss out on incel Hitler. You definitely nail the Elliot Rogers perspective mm-hmm. for sure. Like, And he it's so interesting too because it seems like he skipped right to incel. Like yeah. he didn't have this like game phase where he was even trying to make it work yeah. he just immediately knew that he needed power of any kind to get anybody because he was such a zero because he yeah there was otherwise no chance yeah um oh the entitlement all of yeah, it. yeah it's uh I hate it it's gross you know I, I try not to like psychoanalyze how much of this was like did he get into power because he went like i think it was probably ancillary and everyone yeah, does yeah. things for a lot of reasons but mm-hmm. like you can't look at his backstory and not see that like frustrated kid who just like yeah, doesn't understand why some people are good at that and he's not and like yeah. is pissed because of it. Well, and it's just like the entitlement as opposed to like growing yourself and making yourself a more yeah. rounded person. Learning and, to dance. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's exactly it. It's like all yeah. like these kind of guys. It's just like, just get a hobby that isn't just like trying to fuck somebody. It's yeah. like, no, just be a, if, be a well-rounded person in your own regard yeah. and then people will be interesting for people to be interested in you. Yeah, because his whole thing and like in Kubizek's book, it becomes like the way he portrays Hitler is like he loves talking about his opinions on everything. Of course, Ugh, but he's not good at much. No, no, he no. just loves to talk about what he thinks about things. Yeah, of course. And like, learn to dance, man. That kind of self-important with nothing <laughs> yeah. to back it up. It's just we don't care. Learn to dance. Yeah, <laughs> like life's not that serious. Just like learn to dance a little bit. Go do something besides yell at people, Hitler. Yeah, get a fucking dog. 
Yeah, get a fucking dog. Uh, well, he did do that, and well, we will yeah. talk about how dogs play into his flirtation style soon. Uh, of course they do. Yeah, it's going to be gross. Brandy, you got some pluggables to plug. Uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandazzle, B-R-A-N-D-A-Z-Z-L-E. I have a podcast called Lady to Lady that's very fun every Wednesday. Uh, me, Barbara Gray, Tess Barker with a fourth guest every week. Um, and then if you are in Los Angeles, I have a monthly show every second Saturday called Picture This. That is um, uh, it's at the Virgil. It's a $10 show. It's a comedians paired up with animators. And they live animate your jokes during your set it's very very fun we just had um, Pendleton Ward uh, the creator of Adventure Ooh. Time on the last uh, last one awesome um, Craig Bartlett does our show a lot he's the creator of Hey Arnold and we have people from like Bojack and um, Big Mouth and like all sorts of awesome cartoon shows it's super super fun oh man fun. that's crazy yeah, and that's that sounds second, awesome yeah it's really fun it's second Saturday of every month it's my favorite thing to do um, and then I tour uh, like half the year uh, so brandyposey.com and uh, yeah that sounds so much more gratifying than just talking about Hitler's sex life <laughs> uh, it is but if you're into Hitler's sex life uh, you should follow my Twitter yes uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm at I write okay you should follow the show's Twitter at Bastards Pod you can find the sources for this episode and every episode on BehindTheBastards.com uh, look us up on Public, Behind the Bastards Public. buy a shirt wear it fight Hitler even though he's dead and you're not actually fighting him just buy a shirt and feel better uh, capitalism uh, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram and at Bastards Pod Sophie isn't here and this is a goddamn train wreck uh, play me out Johnny this show is sponsored by BetterHelp it's a simple truth no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.